1: Recorded live. <laughs> Welcome. This service is provided by freeconferencecall.com.
2: Please enter your access code followed by the pound or hash sign.
1: Please wait. Welcome to the Waterman Files.
2: If you are the host, press star now. Otherwise, please Please enter your PIN followed by the pound or hash. Thank you. All participants are muted and they can unmute themselves. recording has started.
0: Welcome to the Waterman Files.
2: You are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. We are at the brink. We are at the
3: brink. Ground crew. You are not alone.
2: We are in this together. You are not alone. You are not alone. Grundkreft, you are not alone. Grundkreft, you are not alone. We We are are in this together. together.
0: Welcome to the Waterman Files. We'll be right with you. Today is June uh, the 28th, 2016, six months into the occupation of the United States, and by the way, you are behind enemy lines. You are in occupied territory. Well, today we have uh, bad news. Uh, Our ground crew member contact from Houston's mother has taken a turn for the worse and he is going to the ER they're going to take some other type of care of her, apparently the living conditions where she was at wasn't giving her the care she's turned for the worse and so he's at the hospital in the ER now we'll see how that goes keep him in your prayers, there's a lot of uh, recovery time for her she had a hip replacement that didn't go well They had to remove it all. She does not have the hip replacement in. She's sitting there without her leg connected as it begins to recover from an infection. As soon as that's over, they will then put the hip back in. So she's sitting there without it. Well, she's lying there without anything in her uh, hip. That's got to be painful, you know. So keep her in your prayers. Keep uh, contact in Houston uh, with Houston in your prayers. Today, it's a very convoluted day of news across the planet. There is a lot going on. Maybe the empire's on the run. Let's hope. Today, we will detail what is developing then about this. Very convoluted convoluted economic news around the world. Is it complicated? It might sound like it today, but it's not really. There's just a lot of players, and so today we will talk a lot about them and uh, see what's uh, up. Most of this is coming from a ground crew member. I want to say thank you to that person. Uh, who is now forwarding me another uh, several page? well, let's just say 50 pages of financial updates uh, from a subscribed newsletter. And I'm, of course, not able to cover all of this for you, but we're going to be cover covering pertinent amounts as much as we can get in, and I think you're going to uh, find it interesting. Uh maybe things that you aren't aware is going on because the mainstream media and much much of the um alternative press isn't covering it because they're not in the loop. So we'll cover that for you. Gold is hovering around thirteen hundred and fifteen dollars. Silver is hovering around seventeen seventy five. Bitcoin's at 647 37. So we can just say basically 650 as the web bot predicted. We've got updates from him on his Twitter about the new Alta report saying that there's 16 days in uh, July where Bitcoin will leave the 650 and head into the thousands. And that's not important in and of itself, because, you know, I'm not a Bitcoin fan, but hey, I'll take it. The, <clears throat> I'd take it over a dollar, that's what I'm trying to say. But this is a temporal marker for his predictions saying that behind that, gold and silver are going to be impacted. And uh, what's going to happen? Well, gold and silver is going to start skyrocketing. And in the meantime, as he predicted already, excuse me, gold and silver precious metal sales are climbing very rapidly. His contacts in the IT world are telling him that reorders are not keeping up with the sales or the demand for gold and silver. And so we are in the midst of a rush. Uh, Anticipate this rush, folks, to last for several months. We're in the middle of a huge economic whirlwind, and I don't think it's the whirlwind that the establishment mentioned a long time ago, if you recall. And, of course, today... Uh, there's news about the first actual casualty of Brexit, which, you know, very interesting that it was also predicted in Alta Report to have happened at the same time. So it looks like everything that we're seeing happening in the web bot at this point, because we haven't seen the, well, the bond thing is, is the crisis behind this country called Britain and the EU. And bonds are government-backed investments, right? And when those bonds get disturbed, that's when gold and silver, of course, goes up. But what has happened is it also disturbs and provokes trouble for the banking establishment because basically, folks, all of this wouldn't be happening... Except that they are based on fiat money. Get rid of the fiat money, it's over. So the first casualty of Brexit, by the way, in a big way, is this. Italy is preparing a forty billion dollar not dollar forty billion euro bank bailout for Italy. So Italy is collapsing. The banks and central or the central banks of Italy are collapsing, and uh, so we're now seeing uh, that uh, we're having trouble with the banks in Italy, and it's because they've played with some people, and we're going to talk about all that today. The White House wants war with Russia. (laughs) Israel wants war. But they don't want to be the ones in the war. They just want war on Russia. They hate their guts. And we're going to
1: talk about why they hate their guts. The Beltway in Washington, D.C. is
0: wanting this. And, of course, you know, the White House is not the White House. The White House is not representative of we Americans wanting to go to war with Russia. It's the result of an occupied government that is controlled from outside the White House, around the Beltway, with their many influences and a corrupt money system. We have to always keep in mind, folks, that apac that's the Israeli supposedly uh, non-politically affiliated organization, which is very well, we won't get into that. We've got pages and pages of corruption in the FBI and stuff on them. So, they've already, hey, by the way, them and the Southern Poverty Law Center, the only ones that have in court, federal court, been charged and found guilty of espionage
1: on the United States and nothing happened to them. You've got to ask, yeah, the question, why? Well...
0: Israel and the banks are in cahoots together. That's why. <laughs> and mainly the central bank. Have you ever seen a Scottish head of the central bank, or a, a black head of the central bank, or a white Anglo-Saxon head of the central bank? No, heaven's sakes, no. It's got to be a Jew. And it's got to be Israel connected. fact, uh, I haven't checked into it, but we do know that Bernanke was uh, an understudy of the central bank head of Israel. The central bank head in Israel was his mentor. <laughs> so they're the ones that are in controlling uh, in control of our government. They've occupied our government and talking about you know wanting war with Russia. So let's talk about Putin and Mother Russia. I think we need to come to uh, some consensus here a little bit, and and maybe educate ourselves a bit about the geopolitical scene and what's happened in Russia. Now, you don't have to trust what I say, although I doubt very seriously. There are a lot of people that say, "Well, I lived in such and such, and I know what you know it's like." And yeah, but you haven't been hauled off by him, have you? Have you been arrested and thrown in the hoose cow because of your political view and because of what you're doing? You know, running around with Bibles gets you thrown in jail, and that's what happened to me. And I was in Eastern Europe under the control of what you might call the Eastern German Stasi Regime. Not that I was in Germany, but its little tentacles were outside of Germany, of course, Eastern Germany. No, it wasn't the influence of Bolshevik communism at that time. It was East German Stasi. So let's talk about Putin a little bit. There's a lot of talk about everybody hating Putin. A lot of people don't trust Putin and they say, well, by golly, don't you remember? He was a KGB a- agent. Folks, everybody back then worked for the government. Why was he put in the KGB? Well, he actually was a lower level KGB. He wasn't a bad guy that hated it, you know. A people of people of Russia, and he wasn't like this spy that was horrible, and he wasn't out killing and murdering people. In fact, it was the opposite. Very few people actually know that Yeltsin uh, is the one that picked him up and says, "I like what you've been doing. you've got to get this out of this mess." And yeah, Putin was assigned to East German area, but why? Why was he KGB there? Well, during the fall of the uh, communist Bolshevik Jewish regime in Russia, East German Stasi became very powerful. And they became pretty much out of it. They came out uh, as that fell, fall of the, Russia happened, East German Stasi became very powerful. In fact, they fomented and still foment today in Russia organizations pro communist in order to upset the apple cart of what's going on in Russia today. Putin was placed in East Germany because they assigned him as a KGB agent there, and of course the East German Stasi were supposed to be cooperating as KGB folks. But the East German KGB were being ruthless, murderous, horrible, awful people. And Putin was put there to run them down and find out who the hell was doing it and get it stopped. Did you know that, did you? He has a pretty good idea for what ruthless Bolshevik ideas are like, and he doesn't like them. He's already told everybody, hey, communism doesn't work. We're not going to do that. He's also said, (laughs) We have no plans for it and he couldn't get it done anyway. The thing that everybody hates Putin for is because he stomped all over the feet of the central bank boys that were in control after the fall of Russia. There was a lot of mafia cartels, banking cartels, and other very powerful Jewish interests that had their feet in the till before the fall because they were solely in control of all the apparatus before the collapse of communism. And they still wanted to maintain the control, so they just took off their communist hat and put on their fallen Russia hat and say, we're not communists, we're blah. And there are lots of communist Jews previously in control of the country that Yeltsin asked Putin to get rid of. He wanted them removed. You cannot go up to these people, folks, and say, please, will you leave? By golly, we've passed this piece of paper, and this referendum says you're not supposed to He had to be a strong arm. He had to, he had to have strength. The only way that Putin has been able to remove the corruption is to be a strong arm man. But he hasn't done it like our strong arm man of these, of these United States where they don't give a hoot about America. They don't care about American people. They do as they please to satisfy the banking and this Jewish Bolshevik control that Putin managed to get ripped away from, get the people away from, get the country away from, that America has not. And so they're spitting teeth. Soros, which was born in Hungary, and by the way, that's not his name. You know, um, he changed his name to expose it and be more palatable to the Western press. Okay, and w- what shame is there in a name if, if you know, you're running around saying, I'm, you know, from the Holocaust? That of course didn't have six million die. And, and you know, that kind of thing, if they want the sympathy, why do they change their names? Because they act like hell, and they don't want to be, you know, caught as part of that whole thing. So in the meantime, uh, Putin's chasing down all the bad boys. He's getting rid of them. I mean, I've even put up a video on the Waterman files. I don't know if it's still there, because I always link to YouTube, and sometimes they take them down. Where he goes into a factory, and he tells these guys, he says... The working conditions here are deplorable. You're pocketing all the profits, and you are either going to leave right now, or you're going to sign this agreement, and if you don't abide by it, I will fire you. He himself walked into this company, and they were pissed. These company workers, these management, these owners, they were pissed. Uh, cockroaches everywhere, the, the, the working conditions were deplorable, and they were pocketing all kinds of money from this manufacturing concern. I don't know if it was mining, I can't remember if it was manufacturing, but he went in and he told them, here's what you're going to do, you're going to pay your people, you're going to take care of your people. You're going to quit treating them like they're in China. Because, you know, hey folks, the Bolshevik days are over, there is no more slave labor, you're going to get rid of it. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't. So many years into his uh, term as leader of Russia, he walked, got on a bus or an airplane or something. Anyway, he got off a of bus because the, the film started with him getting off out of this bus, going in there, a van actually, walking in. And man, that was like a pin could drop. He forced them to sit down. <laughs> and they even show you how contemptible they were when they signed this document, this guy walked up. He said, first he said, have you signed the agreement? They said, no. He says, I told you to sign it before I got here. I didn't think you would. So he pulled out another one. <laughs> he set him down and he said, sign it. And they said, we don't have a penny. He says, I do. So they, he, he said, get over here. And he pointed to the guy running the place. And he said, get over here and sign this or you're gone. And he signed it and he started to walk away with his pen. Putin got mad and said, you're not having that. That's my pen. Give me that pen back. There was total contempt for him then. Why? Because they were part of the Bolshevik apparatus that had control of Bolshevism. And, hey, let's talk about that. Because, you know, Lenin was Jewish. He was part of this Zionist agenda that was in place. He actually had, by Trotsky and all the others that had taken over the country, had the czars murdered, the children and everything executed, because they had contempt for the Anglo-Saxon control of Russia, and they didn't like them. And they said, "You're going to get, you know, they, we're going to, we're going to bring Russia. It's for the people, by the people." and then the people were enslaved. It's always a lie. Every time you turn around, it's a lie. Isn't it interesting that Bolshevism Bolshevism, is Zionist, always Zionist initiated? I don't care if you want to call it uh, Marxist, Bolshevism, or even fascism. They also, they, the, the Zionists have to be in control. They don't care what kind of label you want to put on it, as long as they have control of the money, control of the banks. They don't care what kind of country and how you run it. They'll control it, just like supposedly in America. We're supposed to have a republic, but they control it because they don't care. Their next attempt at trying to control a group of people was Europe by establishing a, like a central bank of Europe, like the Fed. And then they made them take loans from them. They said, oh, we're going to do this for trade deals. But they didn't elect those officials, and I, and I uh, suggest that you go to thewatermanfiles.com. And a couple days ago, I put up a video about the EU. It's It's very, very important that you look at this you will see and hear all kinds of information that tells just exactly what the EU has been
1: doing all these decades. You'll, uh, you'll like the video. And it will educate you to the approach that they've
0: tried to take to take and put people into slavery. It's just another form of Bolshevism. That's all it is, folks. Let me put it to you this way. Let's pretend like you're looking at a clock. Six o'clock is total anarchy. Twelve o'clock is total government top-down control. Let's say when you're going from total anarchy up the right side toward central control, it's fascism. So over around three o'clock, you're halfway into fascism. Let's say if you're going up the left side... You're going through communism. At 9 o'clock, you're about halfway through communism. But when they get to the top, whether you're going through 3 o'clock, whether you're backwards, or whether you're going 9 o'clock to midnight, either way you look at it, fascism or communism, it's total, complete governmental control over your life. That's not what we want, and it's not total anarchy either.
1: But that clock is all Zionism. We want a different clock
0: completely. We don't want it to have fascism. We don't want it to have socialism or communism. And we don't want it to have total top-down control, and we don't want it to have anarchy. We want it to be a republic. So it's not even on the clock. But they forced us, because they controlled the money, to play in their little sandbox. And if you're going to live in that sandbox and get groceries, you better damn well have Federal Reserve notes, hadn't you?
1: That's how they did it. Putin didn't want to play with their Federal Reserve notes. He didn't want to play with the central
0: bank because they didn't have control over policies. Now, he's not there to be a strong man just because he wants to be a strong man and he is not there to bring back the kind of mother russia most people call mother russia mother russia is not communist russia or bolshevik russia that's not what it was that's not what it was motherland was pre-communist days during the days of the tsar and i don't care what you've uh, been told or heard about the Tsars. it's most likely a lie because they were very very Christian people, and they cared for their people. In fact, during one period of time, the, the Jews became so ruthless in Russia that Russia said, here, you're causing too much grief for our country. We're going to give you a place. And they gave them a separate piece of land, a very large piece of land on the coast. Of course, it was on the other side. Opposite, it was on the eastern side of Russia, on the coast. And they said, "Go set up your oblast there." That's what they call their—I guess you could say—a state, okay? And so they did, and they set up their own currency. Fine. And when you walked into town, they had uh, Hebrew on their little, their uh, phallic—you uh, know, like Washington Monument statue out there. And they said, all right, we're you know here, and this is all our control. Well, they didn't like it. You know why? Because there wasn't any other creatures. There were no other populations around. They had to do all the feeding themselves. They had to do all the work themselves. And they were going to die out there on that eastern board with all the autonomy that they had as a nation by themselves. By the way, that location still exists, and so why did the world give the Palestine area to the Jews when they already had an entire state themselves? I'll tell you why. Because it wasn't in the middle. It wasn't populated enough, and they couldn't be a parasite off the people. Aren't you and I the kind of people that have that, sort of independent, rugged, leave-me-alone attitude that says, just leave me the hell alone so I can get something done. That's what we want, isn't it? That's what we need. And that means getting rid of their little monkey off our back too. Britain has had it with that Zionist, EU, monkey on their back. And after the whole thing was over, the queen comes walking out smiling. I think it was kind of poetic justice. Not that she doesn't have some skeletons probably in her closet. But she
1: certainly is not descended from the royals. And no, she's not some lizard in disguise. She is Anglo-Saxon all the way. Doesn't mean you act, behave right,
0: but at least you didn't get, you know, taken over. Her husband's not probably totally Anglo-Saxon, and so Prince Charles isn't Anglo-Saxon, and I think the Queen knows that, and that's why she's never going to give the throne to Prince uh, to Prince Charles. That's why, That's why we have entered into the scene Diana. We won't get into that today because we have a lot to cover. Please be aware, though, that Putin is making leadership and statesmanship. uh, Well, he's writing a new book, isn't he? He doesn't want war. He doesn't want to take over. I don't blame you if you don't trust him, especially if you do not understand Bolshevism, especially if you've not been arrested and thrown in the hoose cow by the people that were bad people of the communist ways. Just remember this. I have been. I've been there, and I know what it's like. It's nowhere what it was before, and Putin is trying to stop any semblance of that coming, and that's why they've been trying to do all kinds of things to try and get this. In fact, I'm going to talk to you today about a special meeting that Soros had with them, these plotters against Putin that he went to Russia to meet with, and they're plotting to try and take down Russia and turn it into Bolshevism again. And that's Soros. And he went there and met here just recently. So, you know, we might want to give Putin a little bit of a break here, folks. He loves his country, he loves his people. He's a strong arm because he has to be against the mafia of the fallen Bolshevik Jewish communist regime. That are, hey, and if he was so bad and ruthless, why didn't he start rounding them up and killing them? Because that's not who he is. He could have rounded them up and killed all those you know communists that caused all the trouble, but he didn't. They still are alive. They run around. I mean, I've got videos of uh, East German Stasi saying they hate, uh, you know, what's happened, and they'd do it again, and they'd murder people, and they'd do this, and they'd do that, and they can do it with total contempt, which really probably needs to go to some kind of national, you know, uh, Hague court of law. You know, hey, he's admitting to be a criminal. Why don't you go after him, dodos? No, they only haunt Nazis for some stupid reason. Okay. So what have we got? Well, let's start with this. Because of Brexit, Texas is going to be moving very close to leaving the, the Union, the United States. Did you know that? Yeah, it looks like because of all this, the supporters of the Texas national movement, they have just scored a major victory when two-thirds of the Texas Republican platform voted to call for a referendum on Texas independence in Texas. In other words, folks, the Texas Republican Party has said, okay, let's put a referendum up and see if we cannot separate ourselves from the United States. Why are they wanting to do that? Because of the same reason (laughs) that they kicked communism out of Russia, for the same reason that all of this top-down abuse, uh, anywhere that happens, uh, people revolt and they want out. That's why it's happening. If you could get rid of Obama, wouldn't you do the same thing? Now, that kind of brings up the scary answer of, well, who's going to be in control right now? I would trust, I literally would trust the governor of Texas. He's pro-gold. He wants to start a new monetary system for Texas. But this is not new, folks. You remember the Jimmy Carter days, and just to kind of give you a time frame, is all I say that for, because he wasn't connected to this. Silver went up to in the eighty dollar marks, eighty something. That was when the Hunt family, as I've said over and over, bought all that gold or silver, and they were going to try and start a new monetary system for Texas. But the media was saying they were greedy bastards and that they were trying to make a lot of money off of this and cornering the market and in that horrible. And then the Federal Reserve, of course, knowing exactly what's going on, they called every note due of the Hunt family, trying to break them to keep them from starting another financial system, another money system. Well, it failed. The Supreme Court convicted the Federal Reserve of conspiring to break the Hunt family. But not one Federal Reserve officer ever went to criminal jail. Went there it, That's criminal behavior, but nobody went to jail. That's how much power they had, but at least there was enough uh, power there to stop the bankrupting, bankrupting of the family Hunt family. Why were they doing it? Because they were getting ready to go independent. Now they have passed their Gold and Silver Legal Tender Act in Texas, and they're going to try and get themselves out of this apparatus called the Occupation and Behind Enemy Lines (laughs) of the Central Bank's America, and I don't blame them. So they have now decided, through the Republican platform, to put forth referendum to vote on Texas independence. And I'm going to tell you right now, folks, it might go through. Now, will they be able to get through and make it happen? Well, of course they can, because Texas, by treaty, is a state. That's how they are, part of the United States. Now, can that does that mean they won't try and stop it? There's no chance in the world that the United States would use guns against Texas. They wouldn't do it. Uh, they know they wouldn't win that, but they might try other stuff, okay They might try positioning themselves to isolate them and all kinds of other stuff and Of course, we know that the um, neocons the Bush family, have a lot of control over Texas and its political apparatus down there. so who knows what's going to happen i don't blame them for trying to get away from the control and occupied and What we don't have anymore is the Constitution. But along the lines of what they could do could end up being economic, and today we're going to be talking about economic. Some of the keynotes or quotes that were in this newsletter are important enough for us to listen to, and here's one of them. A military operation involves deception. So, yeah, they're going to go to war against those people wanting to leave in Texas. They're going to do a military operation, but they're not going to let you think it is a military warfare because they won't shoot bullets. And here's the rest of the quote. Even though you are competent, appear to be incompetent. Though you are effective, appear to be ineffective. A military operation has no standard form as it goes by the way of deception. And that's from, of course, The Art of War. My son gave me the book, The Art of War, and here just recently for Father's Day, he gave me that card, and it's got all these superheroes bouncing out of this. When you fold, unfolds, it lifts up, and it said something like, uh, when duty calls, you're always there. So the next quote we've got is by Steve Cross, actually of 60 Minutes fame, okay, CBS, believe it or not. He says, Georgi Schwartz, Georgi, G-Y-O-R-G-I, Georgi, or Orgi Schwartz, better known to the world as George Soros, was born on the 12th of August, 1930, in Hungary. Now, that's where, by the way, I got hauled off. I didn't even make it to Romania. I was in Hungary in Bolshevik territory when I got hauled off by the military, arrested and thrown in the Huskow basically. His father, Tivadar, was a fervent practitioner of Esperanto language, which was by the way invented in eighteen eighty seven and it was designed to be the first global language free of any national identity. You know why? Because Jews know that racial identity or nationality has a lot to do with language, and they don't like that. They want to destroy nationalities. They don't want you to be a Scot. They don't want you to be a Brit. They don't want you to be a Finnish or a Swede or a German. The Swartzes who were non-practicing Jews, changed the family name to Soros in order to facilitate assimilation into the Gentile population. Now, this is coming from Steve Croft of 60 Minutes. When when Hitler arrived in Hungary, George Soros ended up working with them and got a job helping to confiscate property from the Jewish population. Why? Because it suited him. So, Soros went on rounds with these guys <laughs> the perfect opportunist, wouldn't you know? Soros sees Russia emerging as a global power as the European Union fades after fifteen years. Did he do it real- did he do this rounds these rounds reluctantly? no George Soros not George Soros then, he could have refused. He didn't have to go on rounds. He wanted to go on rounds with these people. This billionaire investor revealed that he saw Russia emerging, though recently he's admitted this, as a global power, while the European Union collapses. It will all unfold, he says, in much the same way as the EU flourished when the Soviet Union started to fail or fall. Okay, so the EU got put in place when the Soviet Union fell. Why? Because it was just the next Zionist model to take out another group of people, and they had their turn on the Russian uh, people as Bolsheviks. So now let's just turn our attention to Europe and do the same thing in a different, with a different hat this time. And our theme will be EU instead of Bolshevism. Instead of it saying on the hat, for the people, it will say for the trade. And of course, neither one are happening. It's neither for the people of Europe nor for trade. It's for control and power. And that's what he said made it flourish. Why? Because the attention of the Zionist agenda turned from the Soviet Union during its collapse... Then, after its collapse, toward Europe. So Soros felt more than ever that the EU's destiny hinged on, of course, the Ukraine's future. Why is it that the Ukraine country of Ukraine is so important to the future of Europe? Because it's like <laughs> the number three food producer in the world. Now, depending on what you're talking about, of course. Russia is number one in wheat. America is number two. But doesn't that kind of give you an idea how fertile the Ukraine is and how come Monsanto has taken over all, all of the farming now in the Ukraine where the Kiev monsters and the uh, Mossad CIA takeover of the Ukraine occurred. They planted Monsanto, Monsanto in there. Very, very telling to know that, you know, oh, well, let's just try Europe now. But anyway, (laughs) that's what's going on. It is unclear if this fascist Kiev regime, see, they don't care if they call it communist or fascism or whatever. He doesn't know if it has a future, even as it operates as a Langley-Massad appendage, by the way. The criminal genocide and the fraud founded there (laughs) by the CIA, of course, Langley, boys, isn't doing too well, is it? But the fraud king, that's Soros, was invited to speak in London on the event hosted by something called Open Russia, by the way, I'm sorry, it wasn't in Russia, it was in London. A Russian opposition movement founded by Kremlin critic Michael uh, Korgat. Here, I I said it just a few minutes ago. Oh, gee. Kodor Kosky. Oh, man. Takes me a while to get my. When I have a day when I can't say that word, this drives me crazy. Kord, Kordokovsky was that guy that uh, left the country and berated, uh, yelled. Uh, I mean, um, Putin because of, you know, <laughs> what he did. He was this. Let me tell you who he was. He was a critic of uh, because went, everything turned away from Bolshevism and, and communism. He was a critic. Served as a Yeltsin, as uh, served Yeltsin as a henchman in the failed Western attempt to control Russia by major oil companies. Yep, this was a guy that got. Well, he's wanted in Russia or was for uh, treason. Anyway, free world advocates wish Soros (laughs) a speedy demise, even if from. Such a simple event as falling down a staircase and breaking his neck, or walking into a, the front of a moving bus, <clears throat> the free world is wishing Soros a, a speedy demise. Anyway, he met with this guy, and uh, you know this is the same guy that we're seeing pay—it's paying the the ship passage for Arab refugees. Uh, to contaminate the European society laced with, of course, numerous terror agents, and that's Soros for you, or the Jewish-born Hungarian. When the global currency reset, folks, finally occurs, it will bring this sweeping change to the financial structures of the world, okay? And we're in the middle of the fork in the road. We have taken the little turn toward good, but it's not too late yet to pull it back over. So they're feverishly working. So from currencies to bond markets to forex currency devaluations to debt finance to trade deficit consequences, it will be a need in our world and especially in America to reindustrialize. Will we get this done? It's going to cost a lot of money. Who's going to try and be the person that hands out the money for the reindustrialization well, I hope to God they don't use the ones that put us in this trouble in the first place. I hope the United States puts their own bank up and says we, the people of the United States, are going to fund our reindustrialization ourselves. Trade deficits, once again, are going to translate into hot lost assets uh, before that gets done. Though all the debt beat nations of the world, particularly dollar-oriented ones, and America's on the bullseye. We're going to be forced to resolve the fact that we have a lot of trade deficits. There's going to be some severe consequences because people like China are going to say, we don't want your paper no more. So they're going to be allowed to do a lot of foreign investment, which we have prohibited for years and years, and they're going to be the ones trying to invest in the United States. Now, you can take this in dire contrast to Germany Germany is a powerhouse of export. They retained their industry. They didn't let it go. And there's really no evidence showing that there's going to be any problems for Germany. So they've got a good chance of getting you know, free of it. But they're trying to take it down, aren't they, with all this immigrant stuff? We, on the other hand, have a $500 billion annual trade deficit that's been going on year after year, decade after decade. So what's the plan? A new U.S.-only currency. Now, we're going to disparagingly, he says, call it the Scheiss dollar. Wow. The deficit then is going to force devaluation of this new U.S.-only currency. He's predicting in this newsletter that there will be two quick 50% devaluations of the currency. Import taxes would then double. We would then have price inflation, and it would hit America very hard. That was what we saw in the ALTA report, isn't it? So I'm here talking to you, telling you about the... The, you know, the real where the rubber meets the road in a real way of what is coming, and it's not the web bought predictive values from some parascience group which seems to be getting kind of their act together and getting pretty accurate. This, on the other hand, is a man that's been in the economic scene and financial world all of his life telling us what he thinks. I think that's worth some. Something anyway. Anyway, the reaction by foreign investors uh, is going to cause a, a lot of uh, industrialization to, co- uh, to, to happen here. But guess what? If it's going to be from China that's doing it, they're going to end up owning a sizable portion of not just our assets that are producing it, but they're going to own the output. So whatever is produced. China is going to probably want agreements to at least take at least, if not half, but at least a third of the production from whatever it is to export to China. Why would they do that? So they can get paid back. It's not going to be that they're going to pay us, folks. They're just going to take it. That's all. And why should they take it from our mouths when they should be taking it from the bankers' mouths, right? Right? See, the bankers are going to see this reset happen, and all their assets, personally, are going to be sitting there nice and neat and, un, you know, take you no know, problems. So, the, you know, the Chinese have already taken a lot of advantage of this free trade zones, in the, and then they do with all 50 states. In fact, you know about the one in Idaho where they built a 50-square-mile area. Not 50 square miles, I should say, but a 50-mile-by-50-mile square portion of Idaho has become Chinese soil. You know, I don't know how they got away with it. That's the Valley of the Jolly Green Giant. That's the area where production of seeds for all the growing in America occurs. This is the place where they put the seed productions or the growing. Uh, They can plant and get more wheat, from they can get four times as much wheat from an acre than they can in Kansas. They took the fertile soil that's being used to
1: grow seeds, to plant stuff, and that's leaving our country. The only reason they want to have their bills paid off by your country's wealth. And
0: it's the banks should go broke. Here's what should happen. All the banks' personal wealth should be uh, 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 sold, handed back to all the people that are owed. The debt should be cleared, and Americans' wealth and public properties shouldn't be touched at all. The U.S., however, would have no vote on these export decisions since the U.S. government who've been sold out by the Jews and the, you know, APEC people and the banks are going to eagerly encourage the export stimulus, of course. And the sense of urgency then is going to overtake us here in America. What's that urgency going to be? Well, look at Venezuela today. People are going to be scared to death. There's not going to be food. There's going to be shortages, just exactly what the ALTA report predicted. Now, the other important consequences that the trade deficit would translate directly into is a loss of assets in the United States itself, in a direct sense, would be forced to pay pay for the imports being produced in their own country and forfeit assets they're making them to pay their quite Their worthless UST bills, that's what. The industrial plants, the farmlands, the commercial buildings, the port facilities, franchised retail change, all kinds of other properties, guess what? They're going to be handed over. The U.S. government, folks, has got a fraudulent plan that they're going to use and issue this new dollar that is domestic only. It's just a, a ruse. It's a fraudulent ledger issue being issued again. Why? To keep the banks rolling, to keep them rolling. Anything to do to give them another day, another day or two, another week, another month. But unmined gold, uh, gold ore, you know, gold ore, residing in the mountains <clears throat> is not going to be very satisfactory to the 4X. Who's the 4X? Well, that's the paper trades on gold and silver. It's not going to meet their needs because it's not out of the ground, and the U.S. government's going to be trying to use these, to back their new dollar. Oh golly. Maybe they don't want to. And they're going to hand it over to China.
1: We're losing a half a trillion dollars a year alone. It's going to happen again. We
0: are going to be the ones. That lose the food out of our mouth. It's not going to be the banker. Who needs to be. They need to be shanghai <laughs> If the U.S. government leases gold back to back the new, uh, the, the new currency, which I don't think they'll do, it's going to lose at least a half million dollars, half a trillion, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, a trillion dollars worth of lease gold. Does this sound complicated? Well, let's put it this way. <laughs> because of what the banks have done to us, the United States and the people are going to become colonized after this reset. When the establishment in 1913 of the Federal Reserve happened, we were a British colony. The Vatican became the, the, the people colonizing us after the Civil War with their banking system.
1: The Chinese actually saved the United States during the Depression. Did you know that? The U.S. has always been, the people have always been the financial bitch of the central bank. It's just that this time the landlord is
0: going to be more publicized. And who is that landlord going to be? Hello, China. They're going to be dictating much of your life in the near future if we don't turn this over and get rid of the banks and say, we don't want to pay that bill. Talk to the bankers. Talk to George Soros. Talk to Rothschild. We don't give a rip what you do. And if you try and take our land, we'll blow you up. Folks, we have a lot of good military, and if they can figure this out, there's going to be a big change here. We just hope that... The Israel first, America second crew in the military doesn't get control deep enough to make it go for them. The U.S. Fed has essentially doubled the volume of the bond that we've issued with this quantitative easing program they've done. But there has been some quantitative easing programs that have been done in secrecy. Nobody knows about those. In fact, there's a thing called the Treasury International Capital Report. It did some forensic financial forensics to find out that the holders of the secret loan programs or bond programs of the U.S. Treasury bond programs have some very interesting nations buying up bonds. Let me tell you what they are in this report that tells you. Belgium. Ooh, that's real close to the EU headquarters. Luxembourg, Ireland, the Cayman Islands, Switzerland. Well, except for Switzerland, these, all these small countries with U.S. Treasury holdings, they're holding amounts that are equal to the entire size of their own domestic GDP economy. So why would they do that? I'll tell you why. <laughs> because they didn't. They didn't do this because they thought, hey, this is good for our country and we want to invest. It's called money laundering. The money that went into the Caymans, oh, come on, you all know that's just a launder mat. It went in one door and out the other. Where did it go? The banker's back pocket. So when I keep telling you. That it's in the bankers' hands, it is, and they've done investments. Go get them, boys. All of them that we had in April of 2016 this year, they put 258 guess what billion dollars in the Cayman Islands in one month. 265 the month before 255 billion the month before that gosh jane the first quarter the first four months of this year huh the cayman islands are holding a trillion dollars in treasury bonds oh well what were they going to do with them well what they did was they gave them the boys to control the financial apparatus on the cayman islands the turks and caicos the cayman islands same thing with the Switzerland people, but they have an atrociously huge economy. One of the most expensive cities in the world to live in is the capital of Switzerland, and they are ruthless banker people. Luxembourg, this little bitty dot of a nation in the middle of nowhere, there really isn't there for anything except financial autonomy. And then, of course, Belgium. Belgium can't even produce enough to feed their own people. Why did they do it? Because they put it there, I went out the back door, into the hands of the bankers, and the bankers have the money. It's not there in that country. They got a little cut. Well, maybe one month's cut, but the other
1: three-quarters of a trillion dollars went to the banks in their personal pockets. So China, when you come here and think you're going to get something and we boys from
0: the hills or the unions, and our guns start shooting the hell out of you. Just remember, you've got an option. Go get it from the bankers. See, the United States together with South Korea and Taiwan, all those folks, there's a lot of high-tech computer stuff going on. Memory chips, network uh, components, telecommunication chips, Uh, This is a huge industry in South Korea, Taiwan, and, of course, the United States, and they are kind of got the monopoly on that. In 2013, China spent more money importing chips, these tech chips, than they did crude oil. Let me say it again. They spent more money bringing in memory chips, network components, uh, telecommunication chips, than they spent in crude oil. As a result, China plans to spend $161 billion to ramp up a domestic chip production facility. When they do this, folks, they will be the only ones that has the ability to mine from their own land to produce what it takes to make and have the finished product. Not even America can mine it and produce it The only country in the world that will be doing that is China. As a result, China is wanting to do this. They're planning on building their own. They want to produce and grow their own stuff. There's been all these battles. There's skirmishes, acquisitions, investments all over the place. It's very convoluted, folks, but the bottom line, is that we have treasonous politicians that have turned our technology over to foreign governments only to have that technology wreak havoc on our economy. And China is one of them that's doing it to America. AMD has agreed even to license a deal for their x86 chip processor in your computer that you're probably listening on right now with China with a $293 million joint venture to build the servers for China in China. Now, we've only had one of these kind of things blocked. U.S. government blocked Intel from selling some Xeon CPU processors and the Xeon 5 accelerator cards to China for supercomputing sites. But that's it. They've allowed them to sit down there and... Texas with their Chinese, humongous Chinese telecommunications headquarters that is putting out fiber optics and telecommunications at dirt cheap prices so they can, of course, spy on you and me. Hello, China. We're going to rip you a new one when it's all over. So get out of here. The advanced technology chip sector used to kind of be considered a niche market, but now it's so big, folks, (laughs) it's even outdoing the import of oil into China. Now let's move over to some other more, well, let's say strategic moves. You know there's, and for a long time, Frank used to tell me when we were in Central America doing our stuff together, <laughs> sitting on top of paid- expatriate restaurants where it was safe and we were under armed guard. Believe it or not, yes, we were being protected with weapons outside the door as we talked. Say on the rooftop there at a little restaurant in the middle of this very volatile area, telling me about the fact that they were going to start building a canal like the Panama Canal in Nicaragua, but they run into a lot of obstacles because it would require like 200 lots locks, and right now the Panama Canal only has three, so that slows things down because they've got to open them and then fill the water and close them and then open them and fill the water and stuff, and and that takes a long time. But there's only three in Panama now. The real goal. Was to sell na- naval bases though to China, so China has taking over Nicaragua to build ports and, na- and maritime ports right there on our back door, and to confiscate the hardwoods of Nicaragua, which they are going to use to build those ports. And those hardwoods, it's estimated folks, are worth two to three billion dollars. Why was Frank down in the mid, uh, down there in the Central America, to stop a lot of this kind of stuff through all kinds of other means and so forth, called? counterintelligence from a corrupt enemy, a communist regime that we play with today. Huh. Yeah. Now the progress of that construction has been interrupted because there's been indigenous people there protesting and uh, they aren't getting you know paid very well and China's trying to pay the bill for this. But that's now kind of going to fall on its face because guess who owns the Panama Canal anyway? China owns the Panama Canal. Why in the hell did America ever sell it? Well, talk to the Clintons. By the way, pretty soon your house is going to be financed. If Clinton gets in, they will finance a home loan and it will be through a Chinese bank.
1: Doesn't this just sound so homey, warm and fuzzy.
0: But this new Panama uh, Canal effort, oh, I forgot to tell you, the Chinese have been building and expanding the Panama Canal. They're going to widen it. That's going to be ready for operation. Guess when? The end of this year. What does that mean? Maybe by spring of 2017, if there's the usual delays. But they're widening this canal. Why? They're going to increase the shipping across it by 50%. It's going to allow all kinds of these super tankers and super container vessels to go right through the Panama Canal. So if they get another canal going, they're going to have two of them under Chinese control. But guess what that's also going to do? Right now, there is something called transcontinental shipping across the United States. And that's why there you're, you're probably asking the question, how many of you have heard about friends getting jobs driving trucks? Well, even Susan and I were on the road one time, a long time ago, heading out west. We ran into a roadblock. And the whole road was stopped. It was a freeway. (laughs) We were on a freeway. So I got out and went over and talked to a trucker. He couldn't understand because he spoke Spanish. I go, okay, I know where you're from. So I went over to another one, and he was a a Russian-speaking guy, but he could speak a little English. (laughs) They can't even hire enough truck drivers right now, folks, because they're using the United States to transport stuff, you keep saying to yourself, while all the trucks are so busy and they're transporting stuff, it's all going to come to a halt. Well, shipping across the United States as far as across our highways is going to be stopping and dropping by at least 50% from one single thing, and that's the opening of this new, wider Panama Canal. So there's going to be a big negative impact on it, big negative impact on rail trucking across the U.S. mainland. So that business is going away. Truck drivers are going to be, you know, begging for work. The new canal will be able to accommodate, like I said, all these, you know, new vessels, big, big vessels. And the entire global shipping route schedules are all going to change. They're going to become more efficient the panama government's getting a big cut and china's taking the rest and the united states is being left out so go figure i've got pictures of the construction by the way that new stuff i'll get it to you on the water and files here now i'll put it up in the mega files okay it's incredibly huge now let's pop over from central america over to st petersburg The stage is almost set, it says, for a gold standard solution to be rolled out. What does that mean? Well, we're talking about before, remember, establishing a gold uh, standard amount for transactions based in dollars. We're going to give it in dollar values for right now. And that's where they're saying 5,000 just to start. But the Kremlin, under Putin's leadership, has made a brilliant maneuver on this global chessboard. While this U.S. and E.U. axis of fascism has attempted to try and start these wars with Russia, Putin has had this steady hand, and that's why i got to hand it to him, folks. He's not trying to conquer the world. You might go, well, he took over Crimea. Read your history. You'll find out that Crimea was taken from Russia, not from Bolshevism Russia, not from Bolshevik communism. But they were Russians, and they were annexed against their will, and they wanted to go home. What do you have against 96% voting to go home? That's what we want, is our will to be heard. If if you could leave the United States Federal Reserve and get into an honest banking system, would you want your will to be paid attention to? Well, anyway, instead, the Russian leader has chosen to use economic flanking maneuvers as his tool of war, so to speak, and so <clears throat> Putin has engaged the Europeans' uh, community, their actually their corporate community, by asking them to come to a meeting. So guess what? There was this St. Petersburg Economic Summit, the St. Pete Forum, if you want to call it that. And guess what happened? Gobs
1: of businesses and countries showed up in order to talk about deals.
0: This was a significant economic summit, folks, and it overturns the Western power structure's dollar-backed systems. It's Yeah, it's going to overturn the dollar. This is just another nail in the coffin for the U.S. Federal Reserve note. But they're going to keep the note going. They're just going to give us the note that's failing, and they're going to hop on a international note to do business, because see, here's what they're doing. The Federal Reserve is not interested in you. They're interested in themselves, and they want to start a business to make it profitable, but they know that if they quit doing something and make it, like, universally a, a loss for everybody, that they'll be fired. So what they're going to do is, since they've got America under control, they're going to cause us to eat the dirt. And we're going to be caught with the hot potato while they start another dollar system that is gold-backed that they can trade with the world and sell to the world and make money, more money, and they don't give a damn what happens to us. Don't you think that when we have a central bank that it ought to be law, it only offers money to its own people, and it cannot bank with foreign entities? Well, it's a corporation. It could do whatever it wanted without audit, without oversight. And when Ron Paul was head of that oversight committee, they'd laugh in his face. Ha, ha, ha. So who's going to make you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Who's going to enforce what you think needs to be done? Nobody would enforce it because they're all bought off. Now the ships in Britain or the, the ship is sinking, and the British uh, ec- Brexit uh, vote said, we don't give a damn if we starve to death. You're going to go away. Well, anyway, this forum is wrecking the sanctions that was put on Russia, finally declaring uh, you know, their independence from uh, that mess. And the economic forum event is going to work in a huge way to isolate, guess who? The United States. The people, not the banks, the people. It's just going to put further a nail in the coffin of our economy and less jobs and so forth. See, the Washington and Brussels banker gangsters have used their fascist rule to try and start wars. But they're being kicked on their ass. Sorry. Sorry. But that's what's happened. Because they're fighting the world, wanting to go a different direction. So they're going to give the world their answer, and the only ones that aren't going to get that answer is the American people, and they're going to say, so what are you going to do about it? So they're tempting us, putting it in our face, saying, you're not going to do a damn thing to us. That's why they want our guns. They're scared. If they didn't have, we didn't have guns, it'd be over. Anyway, all that remains are the neocon lunatics who thrive on endless war, who lust for nuclear exchange, which they actually believe they will win with Russia. The neocons, which are, you know, you can just put in there, Zionist. That's all a neocon is. They must be exo- they must be exposed, they must be quarantined, they must be cro- prosecuted as war criminals, they should be sent off world mining on some slave planet as a pedophile sexual comfort slave.
1: The Western press has a blackout on this Saint Pete Forum, by the way. And I'm not
0: taking a break today, so we're going to roll right through all this stuff. I've got so much to tell you. But the credit to get all this information out, is, you can hand it uh, the thanks to Sputnik, to Russia Today, to English Prava, Pravda, and of course, Russia Insider, which by the way, you don't know. But I've had to take a hiatus from uh, being the audio producer of Russia Insider at their organization while I've been sick. I have so many irons in the fire, I don't know how I did them all. But they've joined the global press networks and they've made a mockery of the lying Western press. St. Petersburg Economic Forum, or summit, opens its opened its doors and made a global invitation for commerce and to establish healthy relations. There were major foreign companies that came to this 2016 St. Petersburg International Economic Forum last weekend,
1: about two weeks ago now, and signed all kinds of deals. Even,
0: get this, the European Commission President Jean-Claude Juncker came. He knows when a good thing is, you know, hey, if we don't go, we're going to lose. See, Moscow wants diplomacy and trade with Europe. In fact, the German financial newspaper said Merkel and Junker went to court Moscow and with the help of one major decision to make corrections on the development of the conflict in your Ukraine, what is this all about? They're trying to smooth the waters as making an excuse for,
1: hey, we shouldn't be blaming you for the Ukraine, because it's not you that did it anyway, right? It was Langley and the Mossad that started all that junk in Kiev. <clears throat>
0: The Waterman files was right on top of that one, by the way. They want to kind of like take this respectful, graceful excuse. Oh, well, you know, they don't want to have have their egos dented, so they go in there saying, well, it's to try and
1: normalize things. (laughs) Well, it's a correction. There were billion dollar deals struck. So,
0: what did they get struck? Let me tell you what they did get struck. You're gonna, you're gonna. Let me tell you, we better start being more friendly to the world, folks. And that means if we do that, and we put in God's economic plan, and I went over the last week His plan, His economic. If we put that in place, you and
1: I would be having so much peace and prosperity; it would be unbelievable. Sanctions on Russia have failed
0: because Russia never did want to play with them anyway. But Putin's taken the high ground. He wants to be in reconciliation for all this sanction stuff, even though he's worked a way around it. He says, we bear no grudge. We are ready to meet our European partners halfway. In other words, if you're ready to... Stop this stupid sanction that we're not in trouble, that we didn't start in the first place. How about let's do this, because it's only the neocons that want me, you know, to in this country to go down again, to be under fascist control. The U.S. government is eagerly, along with its neocon base and the support of Israel, seeking another war
1: with Russia. And the only one, folks, that has stopped it is Putin. So
0: what happened at the summit? Well, let me tell you what happened. There were over, from this summit with Russia, there were over 330 agreements worth in U.S. dollars, $15.7 billion. There were 332 more agreements worth more than a trillion rubles,
1: signed. (laughs) Now, note that Brexit, I want you to
0: notice something. Brexit occurred right about the time that the St. Petersburg Economic Summit, or forum they called it, happened. I can tell you what happened. European corporations said the hell with this sanction crap and they came from all over the place to it. So there was Nestlé, Novartis, ABB, which is an automated and automation and power technology group. All kinds of firms, folks, showed up. The Zurich newspaper even had their Standard, well, they actually said something like here 's what it said: Switzerland attracted considerable attention during the forum by taking in part in public discussions on cooperation with Russia and that was from the French Foreign Affairs department and of course he's right, here's what he said. Crises come and go, but Switzerland remains loyal to its partners, maintains neutrality in conflicts, and always keeps its word, end of quote. But, of course, the Swiss always seek commerce over war, especially if that commerce involves pilferage and, you know,
1: taking money out of your back pocket. No, really, really. Can you imagine over 300 separate
0: trade contracts were signed? June the 16th through the 18th is when this happened, by the way, if you want to know the exact date, so it's not like 10 days ago or so. Not even 10 days ago is what I mean, a week ago. Russia signed some uh, contracts bilaterally with Italy, in the amount of $1.3 billion. 205 contracts were worth $4.5 billion and were formally confirmed prior to the conference last year. And now, guess what? They need this badly because, well, the banks, because of Brexit, are collapsing. Good. Putin's probably smiling, saying, good. We need to get rid of these corrupt, you know-who, <laughs> now, another comp- company, uh, Siemens, uh, it, which is, by the way, in Russia, just finished testing a new type of engine uh, for their magnetic levitation train system and that they're building in Russia. Yeah, they're building this new maglev uh, train operating uh, for Russia, and it's a new engine that does this high-speed stuff, and that's going to be used to help with the transportation of the, of the products that Russia is involved in producing and going to be selling to the world, okay? Now, that doesn't say anything about what's going on in the deal that's been cut called uh, the Silk Road, the new one. <laughs> the interesting thing about the Silk Road is it cannot folks be stopped by warships, Folks, I'm all for trade. I think it's a good thing, as long as you don't have slave trade. And as long as you don't use what you're making and selling, using slave labor to make it. Every country wants to be part of this thing called the Silk Road. Now, what in the world is that? Well, there's been something that the Chinese have initiated. It's called the Chinese initiative called the Silk Road. It's the largest thing they've ever done. It's a multi billion dollar project by the president of China. And it's just, it's more though than just a new transportation corridor. The New Silk Road is a new economic model that China wants to use to make a lot more money and to establish massive trade uh, east, actually to the west of them, which would be Europe, Russia and so forth. But the U.S. and all the TTP people and the U.K. want it wrecked under
1: the orders of Lord Rothschild, you know. But I'm for it. I think it's good that we have trade. It's better than war. Like I
0: said, if China's using slave labor to produce stuff that's going to be on that,
1: then they need to audit that and say, not allowed not allowed not allowed we were talking about land transportation earlier
0: and versus you know the canal stuff how america's going to lose to the canal well the trans let's talk about the cost on an average land transportation um excuse me sea transportation Moving stuff by the sea is only three hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars per container, but it takes forty to sixty days to get moved now, when you do it by land, it costs ten times that much it'll cost about five thousand, but it only takes ten to fifteen days Now, I think you can see why food would be on the ten to fifteen day. Part, right, and other
1: commodities are going to be on the other, right? But China already knows they have to try and stop
0: the Washington neocons if they're going to be successful in building this new economic corridor. Well, what's going on still in Russia is beyond what happened there at the uh, St. Petersburg uh, F- Economic Forum. And you know, many years ago, uh, President Bush Sr., the first guy, the corrupt one, he had an economic summit in Houston. I was in charge of all the communications, all the long distance communications. For that economic summit for George Bush. And I wrote a very large report. It got kind of noticed in, at the uh, Sprint, okay? But I knew all kinds of stuff. <laughs> so I'm kind of got, you know, I kind of know how this stuff goes. I know what's going on in these things. And it seems like the Father has had me in all kinds of pots and pies in the world, this pie and that pie, and not even knowing it was coming, you know, and only to give me a good sense of the big picture later in life. But Shell, which is considered one of the Western Seven Sisters, is teaming up with uh, Russia on their, uh, with their natural gas, a giant gas problem. And this was done despite they were supposed to be sanctioned. And ExxonMobil, even two years ago, even during the sanction cut a deal. Now, you know what that means? Sanctions do not apply to elite-owned firms, right? They don't apply to them if you're inside the club. <laughs> but there's a joint venture with them, uh, Shell in Russia, and it's a $13 billion project. That's that's a lot. You know, that's a big one.
1: There's some uh, kind of I guess you could say uh,
0: powers of state or diplomatic uh, gestures being made to Iran by uh, Russia and they are giving Russia are giving Iran some small loans, real small ones to help them build up their economy and to invest in energy in their country. Now, you know, Iran's not a little country. I mean, there are a lot of people there. You don't want to play with them. In the meantime, another thing that Russia is into, while we're talking about Russia, is that Moscow is currently building a literally a, a physical bridge on that peninsula, Crimean peninsula, which they uh, voted to get back to Russia. You know, now they're connecting it. There's a bridge being built to connect the Crimean peninsula with mainland Russia. It's uh, a four and a half billion dollar project. It's going to be soon beginning and (laughs) implemented even during sanctions with the EU. So they're going to move forward. I mean, that's what they're going to do. Now, what we really need to be paying attention to isn't Russia, but China. China is eating up the world, folks. And this is from a country that puts people into slave labor. Folks, China is opening its country to foreign investments. The people of North America, on the other hand, are all maxed out with their credit. We've had a minimum wage hike that have slammed many areas. The economy and the U.S. economy is going down the tube. There's layoffs everywhere. The student loans have, been, have completely backfired because students cannot find jobs, and so they can't pay that back. So amidst all this strife, all this crisis, the Chinese are bringing their yuan, yuan if you want to say it that way. I always say J-U-A-N. If you are Hispanic, you'll know how to pronounce it, but it's Y-U-A-N. As China extends its hand to the United States. Now, doesn't this kind of sound complicated? But look, folks, here's the bottom line. If you do not work and you do not produce, you do not eat. That's a biblical law. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be a slave laborer. You don't have to be a slave to do it. You know, Back at the U.S. farm, so to speak, Boeing is laying off 4,500
1: jobs, so there's going to be some people that can't eat. There's this economic war that is between the G7 and
0: Russia. Now, you know there used to be a G8 summit. That's the one that I ran communications for, was the G8 summit. Well, that's when Russia was in with them, but they kicked Russia out. (laughs) We're going to sanction you. You're out of here, Leave, just the G7, just us muckety-mucks. And by the way, don't even try and come to the Bilderberg Conference. (laughs) So I did the
1: G8 Economic Summit's communications down there in Houston, Texas when it was held. The anti-Russian mentality from Germany seems to be
0: falling apart. And they're beginning to ignore the sanctions because they've, you know, they've just had it. Now Merkel is destroying. By the way, they're, she's trying to destroy Germany. Where's Merkel from? Now, if you want to take somebody that was East German Stasi, not KGB, but East German Stasi. Well, maybe KGB too. But where was she from? Merkel was East German Stasi. We've got photographs of her being in uniform with them, and she is right there with some of the most abusive East German Stasi people, by the way, which helped uh, produce most of the Patriot Act language, was an East German Stasi leadership person hired to help write it. But really, you could be talking about Bolshevism, Zionism.
1: So where are we going and what are we doing and how are we going to proceed from here? Well, it's anybody's guess, of course, but be
0: conservative. Make sure that you have more food than your neighbors. Why? Why? so that you do not end up panicking at the same time with most of them. If everybody starts to panic and you get the panicking, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to succumb to some kind of economic leverage. Okay, okay, I'll go down, I'll sign up, I'll get that kind of new money. Okay, I've got $1,000 in my account. I'm only going to get 500 but that's better than nothing. That's what they're going to do, see. And you just tell them, no, I want my I want my $1,000, and if you don't give it to me, I'll shoot you. Because <laughs> I can eat longer than you can without that money. Hey, by the way, if this kind of thing goes down and you're still paying house payments or even rent, tell them kiss your rear rent until it all settles down because you're not paying them anything. And you can tell them to go talk to the government. In the meantime, tell him, hey, I'll take really good care of it. And we'll do something fair. But you're not asking anything fair right now, so just go away. Well, that'll mean the sheriff will be there. Well, he'll have to be at thousands and thousands of houses. In the meantime, on this other side of the deal, Shanghai silver is just going nuts. Gold deliveries are huge. China and India continue a very pow- powerful dominance in the global gold demand market. Comex is, guess what, slowly getting out of the loop. Why? Because it doesn't have real gold. It has paper. <clears throat> the volume, hey, Comex, uh, when they start shipping out of comics on the silver paper stuff, they said they're into reserves that were put in the warehouse in 1980s. That means they're at the bottom of the gold and silver pile, folks. In other words, if you get that gold and silver out of it before it's too late, uh, you're going to be
1: lucky. <clears throat> silver demand is six times greater
0: than the pre lehman days. It's 50% greater than... Then during the, Le- the Lehman crisis, the silver bar and coin demand is rising. Scrap silver supply is dwindling, okay?
1: So don't think your silver jewelry is going to do much for you. But we are going to have a silver sh- and gold shortage. Demand has skyrocketed last
0: year alone. Holy cow, it was a huge jump. Gold Well, the average is not, it's dropped because of uh, China, but uh, it's back up. Did you know there was a time for about two decades that China was buying 50% of all, all of the concrete made in the world? China was getting 50% of all concrete in the world.
1: They were getting ready. They were building their infrastructure. They were preparing to do it themselves.
0: Unfortunately, they make them work for nothing.
1: (laughs) They let businesses rip people off. Anyway, you know, thank
0: God we've got something called the Brexit that's happened. Will it stay? Let's hope it does. Now we have the Prime Minister of Great Britain saying, "No, there's not going to be a second vote." So that's kind of like remotely out of the out of the uh, era, uh, possibilities of happening. So what they probably have planned is who knows what. But anyway, the EU ship is probably going off off of the uh, uh, over the waterfall and is going to sink. Everybody's abandoning ship. They're scared, folks. Brexit has caused a panic
1: <clears throat> and it's contagious. In July alone, Brexit is going to generate 3 or th- 30
0: million pounds in sales for just July. Because now they got to put the pound back in in, in uh, at work.
1: Isn't that uh, good for them? See,
0: Putin liked it, Trump liked it, and the bankers hate both of those guys. So can you begin to see the two sides—the Nephilim versus that have the banks versus the people of the planet? It's the way it was. We
1: were told it would happen. Well, I think I've pretty well beat on this uh, report. It was 50 pages.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was 50 pages of of a, of a financial report. Wednesday, I will not have a show. Uh, you can be. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't make it. I'm going to. We're going to a specialist uh, to find out what this rash is that we have. We don't know what it is, so they've assigned us to a specialist to look it over. Susan and I got it and now my son has it and so I'm saying it's contagious and they say it's just hives. You do not catch hives. So I think we've been a, something has happened has been put in our water. Something's going on and I think it was either from a hospital and it's a contagion. I think it's a contagion. And so we're going to some specialist Wednesday to find out. I don't know if they're going to even figure it out. And so because of my Pondering thoughts, I think I'm going to do some interleukin therapy using a, uh, a fairly advanced uh, remedy of interleukin 1s and 10s and 12s and so forth from a company out of Italy that's called Guna, and I'm going to see if I can't fix it, but i got to raise some money. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be really frank with you, I'm not trying to say we're the poor farm, but since I've been sick, which now has resulted in almost a year, Our income in my family has been $1,300 a month, just enough to eat and pay
1: rent, nothing else. Now, I know you might be thinking, gosh, that's not
0: very much. No, it was because we stored food that we were able to continue This has got to end, and I've got to get well enough to get back in the saddle. I'm trying to get back in the saddle. Pray for us. Pray for Houston's mother. She's taking a turn, and uh, she's in the ER. He's at the hospital, I think. And uh,
1: they're trying to take care of that. I wish I could be there to help, but I can't be. In the meantime, if you have been listening to the Waterman Files for a while and
0: haven't ever given, consider giving us a little bit of money. You can go to the Waterman files on the right-hand side and click the donate button. It'd be really appreciated now. Uh, we're just about over the hump. We have one more major event coming besides our health, which is a man- new management company took over where we're renting and we have to leave. This was not planned. So pray for us, We've already got commitments from some wonderful ground crew people to help us with that. But let me tell you, we have really, really appreciated the ground crew. And without you, I don't know what we would have done. But I want to continue to help you get ready. And so if you can support us by buying our food, and if you have intake supplements, call us. You don't have to have an appointment. I'll tell you what good ones you can get. You can go buy them. We'll get we'll get you set up an account, and it'll help us. It'll help you, and you won't pay any more than you normally will. But I'll guide you to the really good stuff. It's been my pleasure being with you today. I will see you Thursday, and hopefully, Paul Glover of the uh, the founder of the Ithaca Hour is going to be with us. I hope I hope he will be. I haven't heard from him yet. He wanted to know when. He said all week. Next week's fine. So I sent him the day, the time, and I've not yet heard back. I'm sure I'll hear back. I'm going to call tomorrow. Even though I can't be on the air, I'll try and get a hold of him and make sure that he's going to make it. But if you go to the Waterman Files, if you go to the Waterman Files and go in the links section, you will see something there that says Community Currency Info. And when you click on it, you will go to paulglover.org and he's the fellow that's doing the Ithaca Hour. And we're going to talk to him about this thing called Community Script. Community Script. Not script. There's no T on it. It's C-S-C-R-I-P as in paper money, like script that the Civil War used to, you know, military used to hand out script so that you could, you know, get your rations and pay for this and that. That's what it is. It's a community making their own money, and it works. You don't want to think of it, folks, as what can I work and make money to do? What you want to think of it is this. What can I voluntarily do and actually get paid to do it? So if you make great cookies, woohoo! Community script. Now, I know one person in our crew probably end up with all the script on cookies anyway. It's been my pleasure (laughs) being with you. And I can't stay around. I'll be back later tonight if you drop notes or messages in the ground crew chat tonight. I'll pick them up. Maybe Susan can interface with you tonight. But it's been my pleasure, as always, to be with you. No show tomorrow. I love doing these with you. Um it's a lot of work, but I, I still think it's worth it, and I want to do it for you guys. So uh, just be patient with me while we get through all this silliness that we have going on in our health, and um, we'll be here all as, as much as we can. We'll talk to you real soon. Bye-bye.